Now, the program to help you and your family get fit and stay fit with a biblical foundation without a one-size-fits-all plan. It's Faith Family Fitness with your host, Full Armor Sports and National Champion Coach, Jason Lupo. Welcome again to another episode of Faith Family Fitness on 100.7 The Word. Today we are going to be talking about uh, training programs. I get asked all the time what it is that we do, how our athletes gain strength, how they how they train, and it's a little bit different for all of our sports, and it's a little bit different for all of our kids. And so we're going to talk a lot about what goes into creating a training program. And that's going to make an impact on what you decide to do uh, with your exercise journey and with your training journey. And so we're going to give you helpful tools, tips, advice on how to structure your training program. And then hopefully you guys can kind of decide where you want to go with your training programs and your exercise selection. But we want to give you the tools to create the exercise program yourself. Of course, we're always here to help. You're free to go online. Um, You can reach out to us. We will set you up with a program if you want us to create your program. But we also want to give you the tools so you can create your program yourself and you don't have to pay anything for it. So we're going to give you those tools today. We're going to talk about exercise selection. We're going to talk about how many sets and reps you should do. And we're going to talk about what you should do over the course of the year to continue your training journey. So all of that when we come back after this short timeout. Thanks for listening to Faith Family Fitness, a presentation of Full Armor Sports Teams. Teamwork is at the core of any successful organization. Full Armor Sports, led by national champion coach Jason Lupo, is now registering for school year sports programs. Full Armor is a multi-sport teaching and training organization with homeschool options available. All of Full Armor Sports coaches are certified and experts in their field. Full Armor's coaches combine for over 500 years of coaching experience. They will help your kids gain fundamental skills, the concepts of teamwork, essential to being successful throughout their lives. Multiple sports options are available now, from swimming, softball and volleyball, to powerlifting and youth MMA. The faith-based approach to making sports fun and productive are a great choice for your kids at Full Armor Sports Teams. Learn more at FullArmorSportsTeams.com. Welcome back to Faith Family Fitness on 100.7 The Word. Today's topic is on exercise selection, training programs, and how to structure your own training programs. So if you haven't already, go online. You can go to any of uh, the podcast providers, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can get our show in week one, we, cha- we talked about training principles. We talked about what does the body do to adapt to allow us to improve. And so that's a core fundamental uh, aspect of what we are talking about today. Uh, just briefly, remember we talked about the said principle, specific adaptation to impose demand. So what you are doing, what you are forcing your body to do is what your body's going to adapt to. So we want to be specific in our training. We talked about overloading, right? The overload principle where we have to gradually increase progressive overload, gradually increase over the time. So we don't want to stay stagnant because we need 
the input into the body. We need that additional weight, those additional reps to keep improving. We talked about recovery. Uh, We talked about all those training principles. So if you haven't done so already, go back all the way to week one of this show and listen in on our training principles uh, podcast, right? So episode one, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google, all of those, you can get that show. So with that in mind, we're going to go a little bit deeper into what we do to, to create our programs for our athletes. And keep in mind that we have a ton of different athletes and a ton of different sports that cross paths in our weight room. Our softball program just started yesterday. They're obviously different than our power lifters who train powerlifting all year round and then different than our swimmers and our volleyball is starting tonight and our martial arts. So all of our sports have uh, specific things that they need to work on, uh, specific challenges. And then we have the challenge of just today's youth in the, the sedentary environment that we live in, which makes some differences uh, in how we move. If we're always sitting down, our hip flexors tend to be a little bit tighter. Um, and so we might not be able to squat effectively. We might have back pain uh, if you're getting older and, and you're an adult. Um, we're even seeing a lot of back pain in uh, younger adults. A lot of that stems from from sitting for a long period of time. And potentially our, our hamstrings are a, a huge contributing factor to our back pain. So when we talk about exercise selection, okay, the first thing that we have to do is identify where our weaknesses are, and we have to identify what the task is that we need to complete. If I have an older adult that's stepping into our gym, we're starting to worry about overhead movement, right? As we get older, shoulder stability, uh, reaching for stuff in the cupboard that tends to be uh, more difficult, and it tends to potentially lead to shoulder injuries. And so we're working a lot on shoulder stability. When we talk about overhead athletes in general, we're working on shoulder stability. Swimmers, volleyball players, anything that is constantly overhead, we have to worry about shoulder stability. And so that becomes a critical component of what we do in our programs. We're going to select exercises based on the fact that we have to create shoulder stability, scapular mobility, and scapular stability. And so we're going to do Uh, Things with stretch cords to try to uh, increase the neuromuscular firing um, so that we can create stability in those joints. With almost all of our athletes, all of our our, uh, older adults, kids, it doesn't matter. Hip stability is a huge factor and ankle stability is a huge factor. And so oftentimes we talk about knee pain and that becomes kind of the central focus is the knee. Well, the knee is trapped between the ankle and the hip. And so if the hip is not moving correctly or the ankle is not moving correctly or there's instability in either joint, the ankle or the hip, we can create instability and pain in the knee. And so it might not be the knee that's the actual problem. It might be stemming from something going on with the ankle or the hip. And so we work a lot with all of our athletes on hip stability. And it can be from single leg exercises Um, single leg reaches, cone touches, um, single leg RDLs. We do single leg uh, hip thrusts on a bench. Um, If any of these exercises are foreign to you, quick Google search, you can find hip stability exercises and find what works for you. And so when we look at what is required of sports, it's going to dictate 
what we choose to do in the gym. If we look at what's required in our everyday lives, it's going to dictate what we do in the gym. If you are uh, work at a desk, we're going to be worried about stable, stabilizing the core. We're going to be worried about uh, lengthening the hip flexors, creating movement in those joints because you're sedentary a lot. If you're moving, if you, if you have an active job uh, in carpentry or something like that, we're looking at stabilizing the joints so that you don't have potential injury that could take you out of work. But we're also looking at trying to make you more effective at the job that you're doing. If you're retired and you're doing yard work, things like that, those are all things that we can kind of create exercises, pick exercises that are going to help with your everyday life. And so exercise selection is huge. And so then we get into, okay, so how many sets and reps do we do? What do we do? And so it, we didn't talk a lot about periodization. It's been mentioned a couple times on this show, but there's a periodization model, right? We start where we are basically creating stability, where we are worried about stabilizing the joints, and then we start adding strength or endurance, muscular endurance, and then we can move into a power phase. That power phase may not be relevant or necessary for all walks of life, right? If you're not an athlete, you don't have to develop a ton of power. That might not be a critical component of your program. But for a lot of our athletes, that's a huge critical component. But I can't put the cart before the horse. I can't do power before I've created stability. So oftentimes what we do with our athletes right now is we're bringing our athletes in. Some of them have no experience in the gym. We are working on hip stability. We're working on shoulder stability. We're working on proper squat mechanics. We're working on proper bench mechanics, proper deadlift mechanics. And then after that, we go into a higher rep phase with lower weight. So we're creating that strength and that hypertrophy. And then we start moving into power. And when we talk about our experienced athletes, which I'm going to talk about towards the end of the show we do a wide array of different things and I'll talk about why some of our athletes do certain things and other athletes do other things. But in general, if we're training for power, we're doing one, two, three reps. If we're training for uh, strength, we're doing about five reps. If we're training for hypertrophy, uh, which is breaking down the muscle, eight to 10 reps. And if we're working on muscular endurance, it's 12 plus reps. Right, So typically we break all of our workouts into 1, 2, 3, 5, 8, 10, and 20 reps. So that's kind of our rep range that we do in our programs. Uh, typically we're doing anywhere from 3 to 5 sets of those exercises. And the recovery time in between sets uh, is really dictated on the amount of weight that you're doing and what you're training for. So if you're doing muscular endurance, your rest time is going to be short. Um, it could be about a minute sometimes even less, depending upon what the athlete is. Uh, if we're doing hypertrophy, we're looking closer to two minutes. When we get into power, uh, we're giving our athletes three to five minutes rest. Um, and we have three energy systems in the body. We could talk about this in another show, but you have your uh, aerobic system, you have your anaerobic system, and then you have your ATP-PCR system, which is adenosine triphosphate phosphocreatine. Um, creatine is that, that kind of buzzword that goes around sports quite a bit, but that ATP PCR system is your really short burst energy system. The downside to that really short burst energy system is it takes a long time for it to recover and go back to where you can produce a ton of power again. So when we look at power as a form of training, 
we are giving a lot longer rest to allow that athlete's energy system to completely reboot. If we don't allow it to completely reboot, then what was effective the first couple sets steadily becomes less effective. And we're, we're recruiting less muscle, we're recruiting less nervous system activity um, as we go on because we haven't allowed that system to fully recover. And sometimes we want that. Sometimes we want to not allow it to recover for other training purposes. But in general, we're giving a lot longer rest to allow the body to recover so it can go full power again. And so the amount of rest that we take is heavily dictated on what we're training for. If you're uh, just starting out at the gym, um, you're not an athlete, you're just trying to get healthy. Um, what we tend to see at the gym is we tend to see people pick up their phones in between sets and you really lose track of time. My athletes lose track of time all the time when they're on the phones. Um, and so they tend to get distracted. And now all of a sudden you're not moving nearly as much as you need to move, uh, especially if you're looking at weight loss. Um, taking long rest periods is not the most ideal for burning a ton of calories. Uh, we actually have kitchen timers. There's like a six pack on Amazon that we bought. So we have those all over the place. They're magnetic. We have them on our squat racks. And so the kids set their recovery time on that. So you could always set an alarm on your phone. Uh, but the most critical thing is, is that you are cognizant and aware of how much rest you are taking in between those sets. And so when we look at our athletes, especially our power lifters, I'm going to tune in on our power lifters for a second, um, actually for, for a majority of the time. And it's not necessarily because everybody listening to this show wants to be a power lifter, but they are a great example of differences in programs, differences in how the body responds. And so I can talk about a lot of different scenarios using our power lifters as example. Right now, a lot of our power lifters are also swimmers. Uh, we are in the middle of swim season. And so we have to worry about uh, how much we're doing in the gym impacting what they're able to do in the water. So if I kill them in the gym and they're super sore, are they going to be effective in the pool? And that's a huge component because if they're not effective in the pool, then sure, we're getting the strength benefits over here, the power benefits over here on one side, but the swim training itself is suffering. And when the swim training suffers, are we getting the response to the body that we need in the pool if they're super sore and can't lift or can't swim? And so a lot goes into decision-making, especially when you have athletes in dual roles and dual programs. Um, our power lifters are extremely successful as both swimmers and power lifters. And so we want to allow them to continue to be successful in both sports, but it takes a little bit of training uh, and, and a little bit of uh, analysis to figure out what works for each athlete. And so to give you an example, one of our lifters, uh, Ezra, he responds a lot better with uh, more sets, shorter reps, so not as many reps, whereas Jaden, who was on our show the other day, uh, we actually found in the summer that he responds really well to high rep sets, even when it comes to improving one rep max. So even when it comes to him being able to produce as much power as he can, his body responds terrifically well to high rep programming. And we're talking 10 to 20 reps, and it's still making an impact on his one rep max. And there's a lot of interesting research that's gone on in the last uh, 
decade, actually even sooner, about what causes the body to respond and build muscle. And, you know, some some people have gone into this idea of uh, it's a mind-muscle connection. So really thinking about squeezing the muscle and basically flexing the muscle as you're working out. Uh, that's something that we've started implementing and, and trying to do and trying to get our athletes to really make the connection uh, with their nervous system so that they understand what they're trying to fire and they're able to fire it. Uh, but to start building that and building that mind-muscle connection, we have to we have to increase the reps and decrease the weight. Um, and so that's that's critical if we're trying to make that connection. But the high rep stuff, what they found in a lot of this research is it's really about taking the muscle to failure that's creating the response. And there's a lot that goes on physiologically that that we're not going to talk about this episode. Uh, but the difference between going close to failure at 20 or 30 reps versus three reps at a more maximum weight creates a similar response in the muscle to grow and adapt and the nervous system to grow and adapt. But you take it one step forward and not all athletes are created equal. That high rep programming did not work for some of our athletes, whereas it worked exceptionally well for other athletes. And so as a coach and in writing programs, I have to be cognizant of that. I have to be aware of that. And so my athletes are actually on completely different plans. A lot of times um, they are very set for each athlete, depending upon how it responds. And a lot of that comes into play recovery. How well does a, a, an athlete's body recover? Uh, sometimes when you go maximal weight, uh, even though it's less reps, some athletes recover relatively quick from that. Other athletes do not and vice versa with, uh, with higher rep stuff. So we have to take into effect how well an athlete recovers from a different type of training. Because at the end of the day, if the body's not recovered, you can't hit it again. You, you can't train as hard again until the athlete's fully recovered. And so recovery time comes into play when we talk about what we're doing with our athletes. We have a model uh, in our program where we're constantly trying to increase weight. And so we actually keep track of 10 rep max, 8 rep, 5, 3, 2, and 1, and actually 20 rep as well for some of our athletes. So we keep track of that. So for instance, if an athlete does 10 reps today, um, let's say it's bench and they do 200 pounds, next week when we go to do 10 reps again, we're trying to go to 205 um, or sometimes we even go to 202 and a half. Um, the two and a half pound plates, the really small plates at the gym are the most underutilized weights in the entire gym, but they are the most critical weights and they make a huge difference. Don't ignore them, right? Even small jumps of weight. I just said 202 and a half. We actually have 1.25 pound plates and those 1.25 pound plates seem like nothing. But keep in mind, if we add two and a half pounds every week for the month, we've increased a 10 rep max by 10 pounds or a two rep max by 10 pounds. And so we're constantly trying to increase weight, right? Progressive overload. Um, if an athlete is not able to hit the weight, we tend to stay at the same weight. If they're consistently not hitting a weight, we drop them back down and kind of start building back up again. And so it's this program, it's this steady flow of trying to continue to increase the weight. And like I said, it's different for all of our athletes. We have a model a lot in our programming. Uh, we hit it till it breaks. And so when I was a younger coach, uh, when I was first starting out in swimming, you, you gather as much information as you can. You're going online, you're researching, you're reading. 
uh, you're listening at seminars, trying to gather as much information as you can from all these coaches, and you're building this toolbox, right? This toolbox of different exercises, different things that you can do. And as a young coach, you get so excited about all the different things in your toolbox that you want to keep using all the different things in your toolbox. And so consistency, it kind of goes to the wayside there. And, and over the last couple of years, um, as hard as it is, because sometimes it can be boring and monotonous, consistency has become a huge component of how I coach. And so we are going to hit something until it breaks. And what I mean by that is we're going to hit it until either we see the change that we're looking for, okay, or we're going to hit it until it stops working. So we're going to stay on the same program until we see the desired result or that program stops working. And sometimes it will. And if you stay on the same program that stopped working, you stop getting the physiological response that you need. And so sometimes we have to change it up. So when we go to periodization, we talk about changing exercises, changing sets and reps throughout the course of the year. Um, that's one way uh, to kind of hit it till it breaks. Um, we don't necessarily use a periodization model for our power lifters. We use a, a kind of different type of model. Um, the only thing that we still steal from the periodization model is that recovery and we talked about the supercompensation effects. So when you recover, your body actually gets better. Then you hit it again, your body gets better. And that's neurological adaptations, muscular adaptations, um, all of those. And so really at the end of the day, my biggest advice is find the exercises that are going to fit what you're trying to do and alternate, right? Figure out what you're trying to accomplish, create a program set to that goal, and stay consistent. Stay consistent until either you become stagnant or you're seeing the desired results and wish to move to a new goal. So we're going to take a brief time out. When we come back, we're going to wrap up this episode and kind of go over what we just talked about. Thanks for listening to Faith Family Fitness, a presentation of Full Armor Sports Teams. Teamwork is at the core of any successful organization. At Full Armor Sports, led by national champion coach Jason Lupo, a Christ-centered approach to sports fundamentals and fitness has earned his company the respect of athletes and their parents. Full Armor Sports is committed to helping youth in our community experience growth through sports and to strive for improvement and excellence. Further, youth compete as individuals coming together with a sense of teamwork camaraderie, and support for one another. At Full Armor Sports, the reality is achievements, failures, wins, and losses eventually fade away. But the bonds team members form through competition evolve into relationships lasting forever. Learn more at FullArmorSports.com. Welcome back to Faith Family Fitness on 100.7 The Word. Today's topic conversation was training programs. What do we do in our programs? Uh, choosing the right uh, exercises, choosing the right reps, the right sets, and choosing how we go about putting that into a program that lasts for about a year, six months, whatever the program may be. And so that's what we talked about today. If you missed any of today's episodes, uh, give it about a week. It should be online on all of our podcast providers under Faith Family Fitness. We truly... Thank you for keep uh, for coming back and listening to the show every single week. 
We are on at 9 a.m. on 100.7 The Word. Thank you for joining us. If you have kids that are interested in lifting or powerlifting, martial arts, softball, volleyball, whatever it might be, whatever sport, we would love to have them. We have a phenomenal youth powerlifting program. We talked briefly last week about should youth strength train is a very small component of our program. We're going to make that a primary topic of, a, of conversation in two weeks from now. Next week, we have uh, a phenomenal guest here to talk about his experience and, and his interviews with a ton of athletes and coaches about competing for Christ. And so join us next week for that episode. Thank you for being here, and we hope to see you next week. This has been Faith Family Fitness with Coach Jason Lupo of Full Armor Sports Teams of Colorado Springs. Join him at the same time next week for Faith Family Fitness on The Word 100.7.